Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Green Pole podcast. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hamiend. Um, we're doing something different this month, and it's our Women's Football Month in recognition of the fact that Fulham FC women are playing at Craven Cottage for the first time in more than two decades. This Sunday against AFC Wimbledon, it's a London derby, it's at Craven Cottage, and you need to buy some tickets. And joining me to uh, talk about the Fulham FC women's team and women's football in general are three of our fantastic players, clean sheet keeper extraordinaire Edie Kelly, uh, midfield maestro Chloe Christensen McNee and free scoring forward Helen Odley are all with me tonight on the Green Pole podcast. We're delighted to have them with us and I'm going to introduce them all uh, individ individually. Edie, good evening, how are you? Yes, not bad, thank you. Thanks for having us. Really excited for this one. Great to have you. And you're normally very vocal on the pitch, so I'm hoping you'll be quite vocal in the podcast as well. It is um, The Green Pole is the most, was the most vocal part of the Hammersmith End at Craven Cottage many years ago. It was always where I stood. And a certain Mr Southgate was not far in front of me, which will come as no surprise to regular watchers of Fulham's women's team. Uh, Chloe Christensen-McNee are wonderful midfielder who's now back in action in the uh, Fulham women's team is with us as well. Chloe, how are you? Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Buzzing for this one. You're buzzing. I think that's the best I reaction I've, I've ever had from a guest on this very new <laughs> podcast. So if you're buzzing, I'm delighted. That's fantastic. Yeah. Talking uh, all things football, women and football, what could be better? Oh, well, you're setting a high bar. Let's see if we can uh, keep the enthusiasm going. <laughs> And Nogley, who I think leads the goal-scoring charts for Fulham women this season with eight, is also with us. Helen, how are you? I'm very well, thanks, Dan. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. I'm delighted to be to be doing this with all three of you and uh, really looking forward to a little chat about the team and, uh, and how it's all going. So, look, delighted to, to have you with us and, and thank you for giving up your time um, on a weekday evening when you probably have much better things to do than, than listen to me ramble on. Um, so I'm going to start with simple questions uh, to, all three, to all three of you to tell us about your football journey and how it was that you came to, to play for Fulham. And Helen, is it all right if I start with you? Can you tell us sort of how long you've been playing for Fulham and, and how your football career started when did you yeah get into of course yeah yeah of course so uh, this is my second season at the club uh, since we moved under the academy strand um, of the club um, last season um, it's actually my second stint um, at Fulham women um, I was there around I think it was when I was 21 so about nine years ago um, that was when we were under the foundation uh, umbrella um, but ultimately, I first started playing football um, when I was 10 years old. Um, I'm an only child, um, so I found my sort of real sense of enjoyment and belonging, really, um, as part of something much bigger was through football. Um, I joined a local boys team and actually got into football uh, through a family of boys that live next door to me um, and ended up joining their team uh, for about a season before moving into a girls' setup, um, a local girls' team just on the Surrey Hampshire border uh, called Fleet Town um, and I was there from the age of 12 to 21 um, so that ultimately was the, the team that I was with in the club and um, before moving to Fulham Foundation at 21 years old. 
Fantastic. And I know I've, I've watched you play with, in close proximity to your dad. And uh, there is a family passion for, for football. And he's so proud of, of you and er everything you, you achieve. Um, and uh, it's brilliant to have you back at Fulham and, and, and playing so well, if I may say so, these last two seasons. So we're looking forward to another goal on Sunday, please. Um, <laughs> I really appreciate that. Thank you. That'd be great. Right, Chloe, um, you are back in the midfield again and making a big difference after a little um, injury spell and a, and a little break. Can you t so it's the same question to you, really. Um, how did you get into football? How long have you been playing for Fulham? How is it? Um, yep. Yeah, so I, this is my second season at Fulham. Um, I actually started playing with Fulham by speaking to Helen. Um, Helen and I had a little stunt at AFC Wimbledon where I met, met Helen and I asked Helen if Fulham were looking for any players, which I went along to and loved the setup. Um, I was playing for um, Whiteleaf for a couple of seasons before that and Leighton Orient for three seasons uh, whilst living in London. I've been here for around seven years um, and I just loved the Fulham setup when I joined. The girls were amazing, good coaching staff and yeah, I'm really glad that I made the move. Um, I started playing football when I was around eight years old, same as Helen, grew up, um, well I'm, I was an only child at the time, grew up with three uncles surrounding you know, the same age as me. Um, joined the the boys football team that my granddad ran at the time and I was the only girl in the team. Played with them until I was around 12 and had to be forced to move to a girls team because I didn't know what it was like to play with girls. <laughs> I only knew how to play with boys um, but we couldn't change, you know, share changing rooms anymore so I had to take the step and the leap over to the girls side and I grew up playing with Muriston girls and I was there for about five or six years before making it into the ladies team when I was 15 and then moved on to Hibernian and Hearts and played professional in Abu Dhabi for two years before coming back to London. So football is really all I've ever known since a young age. That's amazing and what, what a story and I need to ask even though I don't sound it my surname gives it away I've got Scottish heritage so whereabouts in Scotland are you is that accent from Chloe? I'm from Livingston, so just 20 minutes outside of Edinburgh. All right, excellent. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Edie, Edie. <laughs> never lost the accent. <laughs> no, no, you, you, you never should. Uh, Edie, <laughs> now your story's a bit different, and we've got to be careful here. No swearing on this podcast. You know what I'm referring to. How did you, uh, how, how did you get into football, and how long have you been, at, uh, been on, the on the right side of the, uh, the Fulham border, if I can put it that way? <laughs> um, yeah, I um, a bit different to the girls. I probably didn't have as much time in football as a, as a bit younger. Um, I played for a local team called Team Rangers, probably from the ages around ten to thirteen. Um, but I was kind of one of those kids who played every sport under the sun. Um, but it got to a stage where I was pretty much playing cricket every every day. Um, so I didn't really have time to play football, like kind of push it forward more than I probably um, could have done. Um, and then when I got to uni, I kind of didn't want to play cricket anymore. Um, and I think it was more my rebellion era if I could choose what I wanted to do, but I wasn't with my parents as much. Um, and then got into hockey a bit more. Um, and then in our, my final year, I think it was, um, the football girls kind of said, you know, do you want to help out? And I, 
just had so much fun that I thought I, when I leave uni, I might as well pick it up again and join a team. Um, and then I joined AFC Wimbledon, which is probably a common denominator between us all. Um, I wasn't actually there. I don't think Helen and I actually crossed paths, but I think we were very close. Um, so just before Helen joined, I left, I think, um, and then went to Fulham. So I've been at Fulham now for about four or five years. Um, my dad is a Fulham season ticket holder um, and my older sister is a massive Fulham fan. So it, it kind of runs in the family. Um, I won't re- mention the C word, but um, yeah. It's, yeah, very, you know. very good, Edie. We'll stop there. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. um, before we, uh, yeah, so I don't want anyone booing you on Sunday. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, very swiftly, moving on, and I'll start with you, Edie, with this one. How exciting then is it to be playing at Craven Cottage? I know you were com- 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 commanding the microphone, as is your want, uh, before a men's game, or during a men's game uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, how exciting is it to, to finally be, be out there and actually playing on the hallowed turf? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I don't think it will hit any of us until we walk onto it. You know, we've been talking about it and joking about it for so long. But I think when you step out onto a pitch and you see how actually big the stadium is, it's going to be a completely different feeling to what we've all been thinking about and expecting, um, you know, the team we're playing is someone that we're really familiar with, especially the three of us on the call. But it's just going to be a completely one-off experience that, you know, it's one not to forget. I think when you have these opportunities, you relate it to other clubs, maybe like Chelsea or Arsenal who get to play in the um, men's stadiums. But it's a completely different level for for girls like us. You know, we're... um, everyday people we've got careers and normal lives and everyday jobs so playing football for us is although we kind of see it and treat it as professionally as we can be it's it's technically still a hobby for us you know this is what we do in our free time and we give up a lot of time for it so it's a really special moment we're not used to anything like this so yeah like I said I think I don't think it's really going to hit us until we get there but um, I mean I'm sitting here with a huge smile on my face thinking about walking out under the tunnel it's just going to be all the small things sitting in the changing room like I said, walking out under the tunnel, people sitting in the dugouts, just looking around and having more than a couple hundred people at the game is going to be, yeah, insane. But yeah, like I said, I'm sure we're still here. Roger and everyone in the crowd and, and Lily's mum. So it will soon come back to familiarity for us. Yeah, well, you could hear, I mean, let, let's just be clear. That's Roger Southgate that Edie is referring to, who is Mary Southgate's father. And, you know, I don't sit far from Roger in the Hammersmith end and I can hear him. And I think the whole ground can hear him even when there's 30,000 people there. Um, so, yeah, uh, we'll all still hear Roger, no doubt. Um, Helen, how, is everyone buzzing for, for Sunday? How are you looking forward to it in terms of um, getting that recognition as much of it as anything that, that Craven Cottage is, is the women's stadium as well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be, yeah, unbelievable for everyone connected to the club, you know, players, uh, coaching staff, um, everybody behind the scenes of the women's team and, and the club as a whole. Um, you know, I can speak for for the three of us on the call today and, and the, the rest of the team that you know, we're really grateful to the club uh, for their support um, and the opportunity that they're providing us um, to play at the cottage. And it's something that we're we're super excited for. I think... Something that's really, you know, sort of powerful, I think, to show to, you know, other women's clubs out there. Um, you know, regardless of the tier that you play at in the women's pyramid, you know, anything is possible. 
with the right support, uh, the back end, the exposure and the culture that your club adopts. You don't have to be professional to get these sorts of opportunities. And, you know, we're a real life example that, you know, we might be in tier five. We're, we're four or five you know, levels, you know, below the professional leagues. But, you know, actually, we're still getting these sorts of insights and opportunities to really be able to go out and express ourselves and, and be part of you know, the growing game that is women's football. Yeah, definitely. And I, I really like what you said about um, culture and uh, it, it reflects on Fulham well as a, as a football club. Um, but it's not the first time that, that Fulham's uh, ladies team has played at, played at Craven Cottage. We are sort of getting back to where we, where we used to be. Chloe, um, how are you looking forward to it in terms of being able to, to make your mark at, at, at Craven Cottage? It must be quite special. It's a special ground. And, it uh, is, Dan. I mean, I don't know what else I can say on top of what the girls have just said. I mean, it's it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, it's, you know, we've been given the platform to showcase who we are and what we're about. And, you know, the togetherness and unity we have as a team, as, you know, as a club, um, most of, you know, that most of all, and just being able to have, you know, the under 18s now attached to us and, they're providing us with so much support and integrating them into our squad, um, you know, giving them the belief. And this is what, you know, dreams are made of. Um, you know, some of us might have had different opportunities. Some of us have never played in a bigger stadium um, like this at all. And it's just to have fans there, like Edie said, more than a couple of hundred is just, yeah, it's a dream come true. I've found myself manifesting in the moment already, you know, daydreaming of what it's going to be like, capturing that feeling before it even happens. Um, so it's going to be a special one. I've got family coming from Scotland as well. And it's, yeah, it's going to be a memory to keep, that's for sure. That's fantastic. And that's, uh, that's what the game is all about, really, is making memories and, and inspiring other young women and girls that, you know, that, you know football is for, for them and they can have these opportunities, as, as I think all three of you um, hinted at. I'm going to move it on slightly to... Um, there's obviously a big boost for women's football coming out of what happened this summer. Have we have we seen that a little bit in terms of um, changes in attitude? I'll start with you, Edie. Have we seen that a little bit in terms of changes in attitudes and a bit more exposure for the women's game? You were at quite a lot of the uh, the women's Euros, I think. And um, it does seem like the debate about women's football, whether it's football, you know, that's over now. You know, it is football. Many people say to me how much they loved watching the Lionesses and, and the rest of the teams in the tournament. And hopefully that comes through in getting more supporters to come to, to games like Sunday and appreciate the technical ability and skills and the refreshing nature of women's football compared to its sort of rather cynical cousin, if I may put it that way. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, as you said, I was pretty lucky to go to every England game Um if I remember them, that's probably a different situation. But um, <laughs> I think one thing with, like I've seen and I'm lucky enough to work in more of a marketing world, so I understand it a bit more. But the one thing that was hugely impactful for the England squad, I think, is that the the shift in the England players doing it to inspire the next generation to this being a mass entertainment sport people enjoying it because of the level of football, because there's characters in the game now, you know, people are going to the game because they want to see Tooney play. They want to see Beth Mead because she's on fire. They want to see Mary Earps make a worldly save. Like what the Euros did and the media coverage of it created these heroes and these characters for people to 
get associated with. I think you see that, especially in the Arsenal women's team now. You've got people like Leah Williamson, who people might support Man United as a men's team, but they support Arsenal for Leah, or they support you know Arsenal for Beth Mead. I think we've never really had these key figures and heroes. I think when you look back in years before, it's always been Steph Houghton's England. You've never really known the ins and outs unless you follow it. But I think all the media coverage and everything that's got is creating these characters and these, you know, heroes for people to start buying into. Your Cristiano Cristiano Ronaldo's, your Messi's. People become fans of players rather than of clubs. And I think that's what um, women's football has definitely missed. Um, So it's been brilliant to see. And I think, yeah, obviously you can see it in attendances as well. Selling out Wembley, the quickest I think it's ever did. Um, just two days after the increase in ticket season ticket sales across the whole WSL. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's just a sign of things to come. Even Fulham introducing a women's season ticket, Helen, you know, there, there is a growing... Do, do you feel that there's more uh, opportunities for, for women's football uh, to, be, to be played and, and appreciated? Do you feel more appreciated? Is it a bit too early to, to be asking that type of question at the moment? No, not at all. And I think, you know, being able to put the spotlight on these exact questions um, is, is really, you know, of, of value to, to really put it at the forefront of everybody's minds and to keep it on the radar. Um, obviously, on the back of the success um, of the Lioness's achievements over the summer, it, you know, it's really important that there is momentum and we're sustaining the, the rapid growth um, and ongoing kind of development of the women's game. I think you alluded to, alluded to it there, um, Dan, just in regards to the, the season tickets. It's great that, you know, that the playing field is being levelled up um, when you see what you can access through a typical men's game it's also then replicated on on the women's side as well and you know that's that's across the board that's not you know it doesn't necessarily have to just be Fulham it it could be you know clubs across the country um so yeah it's definitely um you know so important I think just to follow on from what what Edie's mentioned as well um obviously increased attendances that we've seen um across kind of the national tournaments um but also now that the season started with WSL fixtures um, is is really great to see. Um, I think what we can do as well is, um, you know, provide those opportunities for for fans and really encourage fans and reach out to them to say actually, you know, come down and support your local women's team. You know, ourselves. You know, we're we're always, um, you know, benefiting and would would love to see new and familiar faces um, down at our games week in week out, and it it never goes unnoticed. Um, I think. Just in regards to what else I think I've I've seen, and again, I might be speaking for the girls as well, but the exposure um, has definitely seen an increase. Um, you know, the, the women's um, weekly football show that's on, you know, every weekend. Um, there's that ongoing media coverage about the women's game. Um, but there's also better visibility of female representation um, when you think about pundits. Um, commentary, those those types of roles, um, especially in the male game as well. We're seeing a lot more of female role models um, that that are being, you know, placed on our screens, which is fantastic. So it's all, you know, looking really positive and, and moving in the right direction. I think on that last point, it's really important, the empowerment and recognition of female voices. Jackie Oatley, who for many years commentated on, uh, on women's football for BBC Sport, was the first... Uh, women's commentator on Match of the Day. She actually did a Fulham game um, sort of a, a decade ago. Um, and to see that 
now reflected in uh, Robin Cowan's excellent commentary through the through the Women's Euros. Uh, Alex Scott, Siobhan Chamberlain as a as an analyst who who started her career at Fulham, Rachel Yankee, you know these people are accepted um, as mainstream role models across the the gender divide um, mm. to speak on football with real authority. Chloe, I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. I'm not going to ask you about the lionesses. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going to ask you about your experiences as a female footballer. The ladies have already alluded to it that we're not professional yet. You know, we'll get we'll get there. Um, yep. So you will all work different. Uh, you all work different jobs, and you yourself. Um, there was a lovely feature uh, with you for on on the Fulham website for the um, Rainbow Laces weekend about um, your own experiences. I just wanted to touch on what it's like being a female footballer and do you feel welcome at Fulham and, and, and how is that experience now for, for female footballers? Because I know it's been difficult in the past. How, how is it for you uh, at the moment as a, as a female footballer at Fulham? At Fulham, uh, you know, it's so inclusive. Um, I feel like, like I said on the, the Rainbow Laces um, story, um, I've never actually experienced a club that's, made me feel so um being so a part of you know so like it's like a family um I can't really explain it any better than that I feel my voice is heard um and we're supported in every way emotionally physically mentally uh we've got great staff members from the coaches to physios sports and nutrition you know everything we have access to which is fantastic for not being professional um, to have access to all of that and the facilities that Fulham provides is fantastic. And I just feel like with Fulham and the women's side, we've got the only way is up. Um, you know, we've got years ahead of us and we're still, you know, climbing that ladder to get to where we want to be. Um, but it's in sight. And I, I truly believe in years to come, the under 18s that we've got, um, it's going to be a special side. And Never seen ever. I think professional is in sight. Yeah, definitely. We once were, and I know from speaking to Steve Jay, the, the head coach, from speaking to Hugh Jennings, the head of football development, from speaking to Alistair McIntosh, um, that Fulham as a football club do have a plan, and they are strongly supported financially by uh, Shad Khan and the and the ownership of Fulham Football Club they believe in equality and uh, and we're going to get there right I'm going to finish with a with a simple question to to all three of you um we've obviously seen that growth in women's football um exposure over the last few months we've got the wonderful uh Fulham Lilies supporters group that's set up for for female fans for fans who are going on Sunday for fans who aren't haven't decided yet well what are you doing you've got to get there first of all um how can uh fans support Fulham fans get behind you and support you for the remainder of the season they can go to Mottsburg Park on a Sunday to watch you play um, how, how can the Fulham fan base get behind uh, Fulham women Chloe you, you touched on it there about the um, the facilities you know what what else would you welcome from from, from the Fulham fan base how can they uh, how can they support you for the remainder of the season you know, I think I speak for myself and the girls and, you know, we always talk about the younger generation and inspiring the younger generation, the younger girls, um, not even girls, just boys as well, you know, having that, the you know, seeing the facilities that one day that could be them. And I think it's so important that if we have 
media access, we have social media now, we have local schools. Some schools may not know that where, where we are or who we are. And I just think to be able to project across the board that we are um, a women's football side that welcome um, the younger generation to Mottsburg Park, then it's open. You know, the, the gates are open for there. The tickets are not expensive. It's one pound per child. Um, and I know myself, I've personally paid for schools to come in to watch us because that's what we we believe that we are that club. We want the younger generation, the kids to see that we are role models for them. So I think we keep hitting the younger generation, schools, um, and let's get it out more on social media. Come and see what we're all about. Come and see what could be and, you know, take it from there. Absolutely. It's very inspiring to to see you all and the, the closeness that you alluded to with your teammates. And uh, it's brilliant. Great fun. We have great fun watching you all play while you're all working hard, I have to say. Uh, Edie, Edie, what are you saying? How can we get behind uh, the girls for the rest of the season? What, what do you want us to do? I think just give us a go. I think just, as Chloe said, just if you're thinking, oh, it might not be for you. I think one thing that's really important and we've seen across the Euros is it's not for football fans it's for everyone and I think you when you go down and and my best mate's probably one of the best examples my best friend friend Holly you got into football pretty much through watching us and and just fell in love with it she absolutely loves the team and loves the whole every single person in it and got straight behind from the first game she saw she just came to a game and loved everything about it and then wanted to come back to every single one um Despite yeah, the, Ke- the the Kelly fan club is quite noticeable at our, at our matches, <laughs> isn't it? Really, it's not quite in the same volume level as the Southgate South <laughs> fan club, but no one is. Helen, just very quickly, is there anything you want to uh, add in in terms of how the the wider Fulham family can get behind Fulham women? Yeah, I think just to add on to what um, Edie and Chloe have already said, really, is that you know we are one club, uh, we are the women's set up, and we you know we feel fully integrated. Um, within that wider Fulham family so you know whether it's young girls boys you know families existing fans or new fans we really want to you know we want them to feel that we're always accessible um, to connect with whether that's going to be on social media whether that's at games um, you know in social um, opportunities as well um, whether it's coming down to schools or connecting with the foundation which is a really key um aspect of what we do and as again is really encouraged by the club um, that we are fully supporting that so yeah I, I always I guess just want to sort of we're, we're in a really fortunate position that we can we can be role models for girls that may not necessarily have had role models when when they were growing up I think speaking from experience in a coach type role um, or my first female sort of role model in a coaching type uh, kind of role other than my mum or or a teacher was when I was 26 years old so that was only five years ago I think what's so inspiring now is that we're seeing young girls as you know as young as five they're having coaches they're seeing Ellen, I'm, I'm female really sorry. referees I'm gonna have to cut you off because we're about to run out of time of course. I just want to no, say what an absolute pleasure fine. it's been to speak to you all and get behind the girls on Sunday come on you whites thank you Chloe thank you Edie thank you Helen and we'll see you all soon Thank on Sunday. Dan. Good luck. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Dan. Come on, you whites. Come on, you whites, indeed. Thank you, everybody. <laughs>